You know, the NFL had the chance to do the right thing. I believe that the NFL was going to be on the right side of history for the first time ever. Unfortunately, the NFL did what the NFL does. The impact that they've had on Toronto FC, it, it's undeniable. I understand that you have to defend your quarterback. I understand that you just can't come out and, you know, say, well, you know, we don't want Deshaun anyways. I understand. I get it. I have to do this because I have to appreciate it. Hey, what's going on, everybody, and welcome to Ray Sports Rant here on the Dean Blundell Network over at DeanBlundell.com. My software has removed my theme song, so I'm going to have to figure something out tomorrow, uh, and I didn't realize it until my video started, but appreciate everybody who's uh, tuning in live or who's tuning into the podcast right now, because we're going to be talking a little bit of baseball today, talking about the New York Yankees, talking about the Toronto Blue Jays, and more particular. Uh, most of our conversation is going to surround Aaron Judge. And as Blue Jay fans know, we had to suffer a couple of unfortunate incidents in Toronto this week. We had to watch the Yankees celebrate winning the AL East on our field, pop in the champagne in their in our locker room. And then we had to watch Aaron Judge hit number 61 in the Rogers Center, a.k.a. the Sky Dome. And... Uh, <laughs> what about that fan who couldn't catch the ball? I think his name is Frankie Lasagna. I want to meet that kid so badly. Anyways, something interesting came out of it that I want to discuss today. So after Judge hits number 61, Roger Maris Jr. has this to say. He says, quote, he should be revered for being the actual single season home run champ. That's really who he is if he hits 62. And I found that very interesting. Now, I understand as children, as kids, it's our responsibility to sort of protect and live on our parents' legacy. But it's kind of funny coming from the Maris family, who was kind of intertwined in their own controversy back when Roger set the record because the media the Ruth family and a lot of other people said that Roger Maris was not the true single season home run hitter because Babe Ruth did it in four less games. And that asterisk sat beside him for a while until it was finally clear. If you haven't seen 61 uh, produced by Billy Crystal, it really gives a good depiction of it. Now, clearly Maris Jr. is discounting Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, collectively of all beat Roger Maris six times and obviously it's because they've all been tied to steroids and PEDs and all of that stuff even though I'll put on the table Barry Bonds has never tested positive for steroids or PEDs throughout his career it's an interesting conversation when you have an interesting conversation you bring in interesting people and frankly you bring in people who are a whole lot smarter than you so today we are going to be bringing on the host of the unfiltered podcast we are going to bring in i think he's like a baseball savant you can follow him on twitter at casey stern ladies and gentlemen mr casey stern casey thanks so much for doing this man how you doing my pleasure how you doing bro how's everything okay fantastic thank you so you heard the lead up. You heard the startup. I unfortunately saw something you tweeted today, which gave away the answer to me. I wanted to be surprised. But give your thoughts on Maris Jr. saying that Aaron Judge, if he hits 62, is going to be the true home run king. Look, obviously he's going to say that about dad, right? So we get that. If anybody's going to say it, it's going to be him. I, I, We all know Barry Bunch cheated. Whether we know in quotes or we know, whether he tested positive or not, whether he was in the clear or he had the cream in the clear, we understand what he did. That being said, I say this all the time, and I will say it again here. 
I've asked hundreds of players on and off the air in the 20 years I'm covering it. Who's the best player that you've ever played with or against? Every single player, 100% of 100, who played during the time Barry Bonds played, every single one has told me Barry Bonds. They could have told me anonymously somebody else. They could have stepped out against steroids and told me somebody else. Not one player has said Ken Griffey Jr. Not one player has said A-Rod. Not one player has said Mike Trout. Not one player has said Albert Pujols or Miguel Cabrera or whoever the hell else you think it is. Everyone who's played with or Barry Bonds during that entire era knows that he did steroids. And every single one of them think he's the best player that during their lifetime. He's the best player in my, my 40s during anybody who's my age, best player during our lifetime. His record is the record. That's just the way it is. We all know what happened. So if somebody wants to tell their kids, hey, look, this dude had the real record and this is the story, that's great. But it's not in the record books. Aaron Judge is not breaking the home run mark. He's the AL tying guy right now. He's going to break the AL record. And that's about it. That's it. I mean, he I, look, that's not to take anything away from what Aaron Judge is doing, which, mind you, by the way, the dude can hit. He's about to perhaps possibly win the triple crown. But he's not Barry Bonds. He's not hitting 73. And that's the record. And everybody needs to sit and deal with it. End of story. That's it. No, and I appreciate your candidacy on that. And I think when it comes to Barry Bonds, I mean, we have this discussion all the time. Barry Bonds is probably the only person in baseball who has two eras, right? Pre-steroid Barry and post-steroid Barry. And they were both equally dangerous. It's not like he got significantly better because of steroids. He was already one of the best players in the games before he got big and jacked. He just hit the ball a little bit further. You might, you probably know this because I'm trying to, was there been any other player outside of Bonds that a manager has walked with bases loaded? No. It's the only time. And just to give you context, Barry Bonds walked more intentionally in a 30-game span in, in that season than Aaron Judge has all year. So, I mean, literally, that just gives you – and I know errors change. He's the most feared hitter that we've ever seen in our lifetime. And look, you know, we talk about fathers. My father's favorite player is Willie Mays. And I, I've, I've had the pleasure and honor of meeting him once or twice and saying hello. I've seen plenty of videos like we all have. I can't tell you, you know, about Willie Mays because I didn't, I wasn't alive during Willie Mays' lifetime. But in 1991, my dad went to Pitt, and I went up to Pittsburgh with his friends to go see a game Tom Glavin pitched, actually, for the Braves, where Barry Bonds was the leadoff hitter for the Pirates, and he was the best player in the sport then with all the earrings, stealing 30 bags, hitting 30, 35 home runs, winning eight straight gold gloves as the best outfielder in the game, even though it's left field. The dude could run the bases, has as good an eye at the plate as anybody, and hit the ball to all fields. I mean, it was everything. He did everything. To your point, all the home runs ramped up. And what makes Aaron Judge's story great is that he's not like that here. Aaron Judge hitting the ball. Aaron Judge hitting 315. Aaron Judge getting on base. But Barry Bonds was a dude. And I'm not an apologist for steroids at all. I don't like A-Rod very much. I'm not a huge Barry Bonds guy. But the dude's a better player than Aaron Judge. And if that can't help people sleep at night and they need to borrow Tavares' blankie to do it, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I like how you threw in the Tavares shot oh, yeah. as we went there, too. <laughs> actually, that's a pretty that's actually a segue to something I wasn't gonna ask, but now I will bring it up because you are a hockey guy. Uh, I know a lot of people know you as a baseball guy, but you're a hockey guy. So a conversation that comes up a lot, especially here in Canada, after a team wins the AL East or wins a playoff series and they have the champagne showers and they have the celebration after every series. The first thing I hear from the hockey dudes is you never see a hockey team do that. Like, why don't you pretend like you've been there before? And I'm always like, why do people hate fun in sports? Like what's your thoughts when you see a team winning the AL East? I mean, it's a grind, a baseball season and they have one night where they're 
you know, splashing Bud Light at each other and enjoying that they want to. And I mean, I think the Yankees, especially, they've been in first since April 27th. They've held on to, the, to lead that division. Do you have any problems with, with baseball, you know, being the boys of summer? People, when they, they find out that they get a lease extended on their rent, go out and get drunk, right, in real life. Like, what the hell kind of people are we? Like, these people spend 18 days in a six-month I know the money they make, but they're away from their families the whole time. They're grinding like crazy. This isn't like other sports. In the NFL, when you play 17 games, I guess more physical, right? I understand that. But they're not allowed to celebrate. Now, I remember the one game, the one that was the most interesting rate conversation where it's like, okay, I get the question at least, was when we had a one-game playoff, the one-game wild card. It was the only time we're like, okay, I understand people who are asking, do you not celebrate being a wild card because in one game you're gone, right? Do you save that celebration? I'm still saying no. Now, maybe you don't go nuts, right, afterwards. It's a little bit toned down. Like the Braves, when they found out they were in the playoffs this year, they won the championship last year. They had a celebration of, like, drink a couple of beers and get the hell out. They got to come back and go win a division. But you're sitting there. You go back to Alex Anthopoulos' years with Jose Bautista and company. They make it for the first time in 20 years. They shouldn't celebrate. The Mariners are getting in the playoffs for the first time in 20 years. They shouldn't celebrate. Screw you, people. Seriously. Stop hating everybody because they make more money than we do. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, and I'll make the argument for the wild card round too because I was at a bar in Collinwood, Ontario here watching in 2016 the Baltimore versus Toronto one-game wild card series and the Edwin walk-off. And that's probably one of the best sporting moments of my life next to the bat flip and me watch getting to watch Roy Halladay pitch live 10 innings against the, 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 the Tigers. So I, I totally agree they can celebrate. I want to move on back to judge though, because there, there's something that really captured my attention throughout this whole thing, because I, I obviously I saw the Maguire Sosa race and I think it was 99. I saw bonds break the record where I was watching regular television and they flicked the screen onto Barry bonds at bat to see, it was a huge deal. I found now I'm a baseball guy. So I was into it and I saw other baseball guys, other baseball people into it, but sports fan in general, the fanfare of this historic run of, Aaron Judge, I found was low. Like I wasn't, Twitter wasn't ablaze the way I think it would have been back in 99 during that Maguire Sosa run back during, I think it was 2001. Was that Barry Bonds when he, when he went 73? Yeah. 98 was the other one. Yeah. Oh, one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sosa hits over 61 like three times, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the last time you were on the show, we were talking about baseball sort of in its image. We were saying, you know, it's an older audience. The young people aren't into it. I think this run, I'm sure New York was ablaze throughout this whole time, but I didn't find it hit the national market. And most of my Twitter followers and the people I follow are American. So it's not even like a Canadian incident thing. It just wasn't catching that buzz. The new rule changes coming next year. I happen to love. I, I get get rid of the stupid shift. I don't yes. want to watch Vladdy try to beat the shift. I want to watch him hit the shit out of the football or sorry, the baseball. Do you think these rules will start to help baseball? It's going to be a little sooner or a little quicker. It's not going to be a four hour marathon. The pitch clock's going to be in place. Like, do you think this is going to finally start maybe bringing the younger crowd in and getting that, that buzzed? I think they'll help, but I think the league needs to promote its players. I mean, I said this to you the last time, I think can't have Mike Trout in an NFC championship game rooting on his Eagles. And we got to drop a lower third at the bottom of the screen to explain who he is. One of the best players of all time, right? That can't happen. Uh, there was an ESPN poll a few years ago of like the top hundred you know, most popular athletes in the world. They pulled like hundreds of thousands of people. Derek Jeter was the only baseball player that made the top hundred. He was number 13. The only problem was he retired three years before that. Mm. Like literally just to give you an example, right? 
we need to put baseball players on the map. They need to be marketed. They need to be able to be individuals. I've always said Allen Iverson wouldn't have existed if he was a baseball player. So to me, <coughs> excuse me, the rules I think will help, but baseball's marketing I think is more important. The one thing I would say, and I don't know the real the direct exact answer to this, but baseball's fans that probably were more into the Aaron Judge historic end of it are older, and a lot of those folks are not on Twitter. A lot of them are on Facebook with their families, right? They're not on yeah. TikTok or Twitter. Right? And they're like, what the hell's Instagram? They think IG, like, I don't know, is that AI? Like, they have no idea what that <laughs> is. So I think that's part of it. I don't know how you feel about that. I don't know if that's the answer. But my own thought is that, like, Twitter specifically and social media, that's, I think, outside of Facebook, more in the here and now of, of Newsy and getting on it and getting after it with memes and GIFs and all that. I think it's a younger audience. I think your older folks probably are at the bar or at like the clubhouse in their local like place, wherever they hang out, having those conversations. They're not doing it on social media. I, I hope so, because it's at the end of the day, it's the New York fucking Yankees. I mean, this yeah. is the most historic team in sports when you go down the line. Not even close. Yeah. And, close. And, and, and you got a guy beating another Yankee. I know they're calling it the AL record, but he's 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 becoming the all-time Yankee, basically. And I, I thought it was great. Okay, I know you're tight for time today. I really appreciate you coming That's on. That's all right. I do want to talk about the Toronto Blue Jays if we yep. can before I let you go. Yeah. Before we talk about the postseason, I want to ask you about George Springer because I love George Springer. I'm a, and I've been a fan of him even when he was banging trash cans in the dugout. But what is it about Springer in September and October? Like, what makes a guy like – because baseball's not – I always say it's not a game you can amp yourself up for, right? Like, it's you just – you go out and play the game – what is it in a guy like Springer? And you, I know you've talked to hundreds of players. Like, what switches in their brain that it's like, okay, it's time to lock in. It's time to go. He's a no-fear guy. He gets excited about it. Guys who succeed in the postseason that I've talked to over the years doing this, in not only just in this sport, but in basketball, the same, right? And I'll give you an example. Fred Van Vliet, to use something local, right? I remember covering that finals and doing the finals for pre and post game on TV. And I remember talking to him after he won. Everybody remembers he had his, his I think it was a son, but he had his kid right before that. He was loose. He put everything into context. He was just excited to play basketball because the reality was back home because he was a dad. And I don't think he missed the three, it seemed like, that whole run. It's the same thing. But I will share a, a quick story on George Springer. So I interviewed him before game two of the World Series that he won the MVP. And the first game of that World Series, people don't remember, he struck out all four at-bats. After that, he had four games that were unconscious, like we've never seen before. And ironically, you mentioned trash cans. He said that the night before, he said last night, he said, I slept because of a conversation I had with Carlos Beltran at the dugout. Everyone had cleared off the field. Springer was real dejected. And Beltran just told him to just have fun with it, realize he's in the World Series, and come back tomorrow and enjoy the at-bats. And he barely has gotten out in a big spot since. And I think that that's the mentality he takes. They get excited about the moment instead of being afraid of it. No, that's awesome. And and I love that. And I love that because, yeah, it's just it's a different sport, right? Baseball is just a different mindset than every other sport on the planet. Because I don't want my players to be amped up before a game. Like, how do you focus if you're if you're amped up? Okay, so RJs here in Toronto have taken us on a fucking roller coaster this this year. They have looked like the the best team in baseball. They've looked like the worst team in baseball. Coincidentally, I think almost to the day, the last time that you were on on the show with me and we were talking about Bo Bichette, and you're like, hey, he's a young kid. He's going to come together. All of a sudden, he's turned around, and I've told everybody who listens that <laughs> – Thank Casey Stern for Bo Bichette becoming who he is. 
pitching, I believe, is going to be an issue, but I don't want to put answers in your mouth. Uh, it, if the play, playoffs started today, I think they'd be playing the Guardians, if I understand the baseball playoffs. Yes. Yeah. They'd be playing I the Guardians. I, so. I think that's right. Yeah. Can they pull off a, like a single series win? Can they get to the divisional round? Can, do they oh, have yeah. a chance of going to the World Series? What do you think of this Jays team? Uh, you had me at, oh, yeah, until you said World Series, <laughs> and I'm like, no, I don't think so. Um, I, I, here's the thing. Everything's about matchups. The Astros are not going to lose in seven to any team in the AL, but they can lose in five. Uh, 2010 Phillies, 2019 Dodgers are two examples I always give. They were heavy favorites. The 2010 Phillies were better than the team that, that was in the World Series and won it in 08 and then lost to the Yankees in the World Series in 09. They were a better team. They had Cliff Lee. They had Halliday. They, I mean, they're, 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 they were Hamels. They were stacked, right? But they got knocked off in five games by the Giants in their first run. The Nationals won game five on the road in L.A., took the Dodgers out when they were clearly the best team in 2019. I think if the Astros get knocked off, it's in five, not seven, right? So it depends on how those matchups set up. To me, for Toronto, it all comes down to they've got the high end. It's it's do they have the depth? Manoa and Gosman, Romano, great, great enough. Get your swings and misses. They can pitch. They, they pitch the way you want. They can match up with any of the teams you match up with. That's great. They're big bats in terms of, to me, with Springer and Bichette and Vladdy and the guys they have, they're going to be enough, I think, to be able to get you the runs. And I think because of what Springer gives you, that feeling you want. Do they have enough depth in the bullpen? Do they have enough depth beyond the two starters? Do I trust Stripling? Am I getting anything out of Barrios if I need him in a start? And what am I getting out of the other guys in the lineup? Or is it just going to be a walk in the park for those other teams? To me, their depth is a question. But their high-end talent, I think, is enough for them to get to an LCS. A World Series? No. But a cha League Championship Series? I think they got a chance to get there. I do. Yeah. Okay. No, I appreciate that. I'm kind of on the same length as you i keep telling me no world series all right last question and i'll let you go i promise that's right that's right the the best series or the best battle in baseball right now is one that is near and dear to your heart the new york mets the braves i think are they one point are they one game up one on, game. on the braves yeah, mets are up one. Yeah. so this is going to come down to the last game of the year i right. can feel yeah. it i can feel it uh just tell me a little bit about forget analytics analytics for a second in, in your analyst just tell me as being a mets fan what it's like being on this roller coaster oh, with the it's, mets it's fantastic i mean this team's in an embarrassment for i don't even know how long and I'm a Nick fan and an Islander fan, so I've dealt with enough pain. So for me to have a team where, look, Buck Walter and Jays fans know this watching him in division, what he did with the Orioles teams. I mean, this dude knows what he's doing. People forget he was the guy who got the Yankees right there before Joe Torre walked in and had never managed well before anywhere and went into one. Buck Showalter is a dude in this sport, and that's been a huge difference. Max Scherzer is ridiculous. I've never, look, my time covering the game, and I've talked to a lot of players, I've never heard of a pitcher who only out there one every five days have the impact as a leader that this guy has because they normally are kind of in their own clique and hitters are like, who the hell are you? We're out there every day. Not to Max. I mean, he's out there like Brian Urlacher going up and down, you know, in terms of in the dugout. I mean, so I think that they've got that winning mentality. Lindor has been great. It's a one-game situation right now with three right here in Atlanta beginning tomorrow. So they'll play Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And it looks like the weather is going to be permitting for them to do that. And they've got DeGrom against Max Fried. You've got Scherzer against a 20-game winner in Kyle Wright. And then you got Charlie Morton and Chris Bassett. Get your popcorn. Get out the beer. Get your chicken wings. Because this may not be an LCS, but it might as well be. These three games are going to be – they should be on pay-per-view, these three games. It's going to be great. 
Well, I hope you enjoy it, people. We are with the great Casey Stern. Casey, I appreciate you so much. Tell the people where they can find you, what you're doing. You have a great podcast that I highly recommend, so let them know all about it. Anytime. So my home address, it, no. Uh, you, can get me on, <laughs> you can get me on Twitter at Casey Stern. Jump in, get unfiltered at the Believe Network. You can also, have, in my Twitter bio, find my uh, YouTube channel, watch all the videos. You can get all the episodes on Apple, Spotify. We did, uh, I did my 89th today with Tyler Kepner of the New York Times talking about being there for Judge and 61 and all of that. So I did Matt Holiday talking about his buddy Pujols hitting 700 recently, and we've had some really good ones. So enjoy all the conversations and my insanity. And we talk about mental health and some other stuff that's important to me in there as well. So I hope people enjoy it. Casey, after the shit show that I started the last time you were on, I appreciate no, you, you coming back. Dude, you're like the, you're like the, you're like you're like Bobuchet right now. You just you know. I just bounce just, back. That's I just it. bounce back. I no, you're it. just just young and you're, you're just <laughs> young and now hitting your stride. That's it. <laughs> I appreciate you, Casey. I hope Anytime. that we can do this again. Maybe I'll, I'll hit you up during the playoffs if that's sure. Cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Casey. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Casey Stern, the great Casey Stern. And I appreciate him coming on and doing this with us today here on Race Sports Rant. So I'm with you for the next 10 minutes all by my lonesome because uh, I hit Casey up very, very late in the day. And I said, can you do seven? He said, I can't do seven. I was like, ah, oh, no problem, man. He's like, but I can do 630. That's why the fucking solid guy that he is. And I'm I'm going to be honest with my audience right now. I interviewed Casey Stern, uh, I think about three weeks ago, and I shit the bed. I was embarrassed. It was one of the most embarrassing interviews I ever did. I'm not saying today was perfect, but I'm fucking proud of what I just did. I really am. I really, really am. I was, uh, uh, yeah. I am because I I was embarrassed. <laughs> it was a bad interview. Uh, I I had to talk to some people after to help me out, and and I just you know so I think today that we we were able to sort of do a little bit of redemption. So that was great. Love getting some insight, and I'm totally on board with almost everything he said. Barry Bonds is the greatest player to ever play baseball. I know we've had this discussion on the Who's Got Next podcast, the other podcast I do with Mario and and Connor and that, and we have these discussions about like hey who's the best, and we've talked about Ichiro, we've talked about Ken Griffey jr and so obviously we talk about the players in our era of watching baseball but barry bonds was a beast and we said he has to be up there and i'm somebody and i i totally believe this totally believe this steroids made baseball better or baseball is better with steroids whatever way you want to put it now i mean do i like aaron judge hitting 61 home runs clean of course i'm not i'm not going to deny that i love offense it's one of the reasons i love that they're getting rid of the shift too though because I love, and it's funny because I love offense, but I love a good pitching battle. If two pitchers are just so, I go back to, and I can't remember what year it is. It had to have been 2009, 2010. Phillies versus uh, the Cardinals. Two former Blue Jays on the mound. Chris Carpenter versus Roy Halladay. I think it was game five. It was the elimination round. NL, uh, NL Divisional Series. And the Cardinals beat Philly one nothing. That's not a boring game. That's watching two of the best pitchers in the league at that time. Roy Halladay, in my opinion, who's one of the greatest pitchers of all time, battling it out. That's not because of shifts and this and that. That was just two pitches. I love a great pitching battle. I don't love watching two okay pitchers pitching okay games, but they put five guys on the right side of the field so no one can get, you know, lefties can't get a hit. Or sorry, righties can't get a hit. Whatever. You know what I mean. 
Left side of the field. Reverse it. And I am concerned that the fanfare amongst the young people wasn't there. Twitter should have been ablaze with people for, for Joe Judge. Or Aaron Judge. Sorry, not Joe Judge. I'm not, and I'm not even thinking of Joe Judge from the Patriots. I'm thinking of Joe Judge from I think he was from like the 40s or the 50s. I wrote a story once about how he's one of those guys. I, I used to do this series where I used to call it the should be Hall of Famers, and Joe Judge was one of them. I'm just uh but it should have been a blaze. And I am worried about it because I love I'm a baseball junkie. The greatest moment in my my baseball life was Roy Halladay pitching 10 innings in a game in April in a year that the Blue Jays won like 85 games. And I love cheering for players too, teams, players, all that kind of stuff. I'm jacked. Blue Jays are in the playoffs. Yankees are in the playoffs. I love a Blue Jays-Yankees series. Again, I agree with Casey. I don't think the Blue Jays go any further than maybe like the ALCS. Unless a lot of really, really lucky things happen. But people just people just aren't feeling it anymore. People just aren't aren't into baseball like they used to be. And it's it's a sad state of affairs. Like Toronto. And I know tr- Toronto's a bandwagon city, especially when it comes to the Blue Jays, but I'm talking to anybody in Toronto who's not watching the Blue Jays right now. And I'm talking, I'll talk directly to sports fans because I don't expect a non-sports fan to get into a sports team just because of it. And non-sports fans, I have no idea why you'd be listening to my podcast in the first place, but I appreciate you if you are. Do you understand how special George Springer is? I mean, I've written blogs about it on DeanBlundell.com. I've talked about it on Race Sports Ran. I've talked about it on Who's Got Next. I've tweeted about it on Twitter. I've talked about it with Dean on the Dean Blundell show. I love George Springer. He's a fucking animal. And I think that when we have these kind of conversations about baseball, it makes me sad that people aren't into it. Bo Bichette has been like one of the best players in baseball over the last month. I know he's, he's cooled off a little bit, but Vladdy put that whole hitting streak together. You see the home run, the, the, the walk-off, not the home run, but the walk-off the other night against the Yankees. Vladdy's going, my house, my house. How are you not getting jacked up about that if you're, if you're from Toronto and you're a Toronto sports fan and you like sports at all? And it's making me sad that it's not. And it's because baseball's done a piss poor job, like Casey said, of marketing the game. I think it's a bit of marketing. We The last time Casey was on, not this time, we talked about Mike Trout, him being vanilla, him growing up vanilla, them not. They got Otani, who's like Babe Ruth, a modern-day Babe Ruth. The LA Angels, first of all, it's a crime that they're both on that team because, first of all, they're on the West Coast. Number two, it's just a bad organization. But the LA Angels right now have a modern day Babe Ruth in Otani and a modern day Mickey Mantle and Mike Trout. And nobody cares. Nobody. And that's sad. And I hope that the rules help. And I hope that baseball does a better job 
of making the sport better. Now, that all being said, I am very disappointed right now that my theme song is gone. I don't know what they did with it. Everything else is there, but it's gone. But apparently now I can add my own music. So that's that's a big deal. So maybe I'll be able to go out and find my own music. Anyways, uh, appreciate everybody who tuned in today. Uh, I don't know if you didn't see it yesterday, Ray Sports Fans episode. I didn't listen to it. I had uh, Kristen Kimmick on, the president of the Mo- of Bill's Mafia Babes. Follow her on Twitter at Kimmick86. Um, I messaged her last night after the show and told her that that was a top three podcast in my career. And we had instant chemistry. Mario felt it too. The chemistry was there for all three of us. And um, she's agreed to uh, come back as a sort of a regular guest on the show. So really, really excited about that. We'll see her next Wednesday at 6 p.m. We'll also have Mario coming in at 6.30. Hashtag sports. We'll have the three of them on the screen. I think it'll be a good time. Nice little 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 one-on-one between me and Kristen and then a little uh, a little fun chat with our boy Mario it'll be good guys make sure you go check out deanblundell.com the Dean Blundell network uh tons of great sports shit over there you find my stuff hashtag sports our boy Griff Borgerwan Adam and the Adam Up podcast a whole bunch of our boy Rook does stuff over there a whole bunch of different sports guys we got more sports guys coming down the pipe too really building up the website want to thank again Casey Stern for coming on the show today really appreciate him of course you can go check out Casey's podcast uh the unfiltered podcast and uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Casey Stern he's also got a YouTube channel look it up there solid solid fucking guy who knows baseball appreciate having him on and uh thank you all for tuning in and never forget you're all legit kid hi i'm logan anderson host of the say the damn score podcast on my show i deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by you guessed it talking to sportscasters The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.